We have been in a series on James, and my intention was to continue in James this morning, but it seemed, given the events of this week, it would seem more appropriate for us to consider how, as Christians, we ought to respond. you want to open your Bible, we're going to be in the book of Psalms, which is essentially right in the middle of your Bible. We're going to be in Psalm 13. The events of this week have highlighted deep divisions and simmering anger resident in our nation. The horrifying scenes began on Monday and haven't stopped since. We have to ask ourselves, how should we as Christians, how should we as center church, how should we as individuals respond? Monday, May 25th, a Minneapolis police officer named Derek Chauvin kneeled on the neck of George Floyd for over eight minutes. Floyd cried out, I can't breathe, and by the time medical help came, he was unresponsive. Enjoy it. George Floyd met his end on a Minneapolis street. And all this was videotaped by a bystander for the world to see. Since then, Chauvin has been arrested and public protests have swept our country. Some protests are just that, a gathering of people to express their First Amendment rights. While many have been Peaceful, some have turned violent. Last night before I went to bed, I read the following headline from the Washington Post. America braces for another night of chaos after police protesters clash in dozens of cities. And in my Twitter feed, I saw marching and chanting. I saw police in riot gear. I saw people yelling back and forth. I saw accusations flying. I saw pushing and shoving and looting and tear gas and cars ablaze and buildings broken. I've heard that the National Guard has been deployed to keep peace in over a dozen American cities. Protesters and secret police agents clashed in Washington, D.C. Protesters clashed in Philadelphia with the police in Los Angeles, in New York, in Boston, in Salt Lake City in Chicago, in Madison, Wisconsin, in Grand Rapids. Curfews have been declared in Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Denver, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Cleveland, Columbus, Miami, Milwaukee, Rochester, just to name a few. So how are we to respond? How are we to respond as Christians as this roiling rage spills into America's streets? How are we to respond, not as Americans first, but as Christians first, as in ourselves? I'm going to suggest a way for us this morning, coming from Psalm 13. I'm going to suggest that our response today is one of lamentation. One of lamentation. One-third of the Psalms 
around 67, more than one-third, are given to lamentation, which is essentially not just sorrow, but it's expressing our sorrow to a God who is in control. Lamentations throughout the Psalms gives us permission to express our sorrow to the Lord, and it seems right for us to do that today. You want to, if you want, there's all kinds of people giving advice. There's all kinds of people telling folks what to do. There's all kinds of people who have solutions. Today, I think we should stop and we should lament and feel sorrow and give voice to that sorrow. Today, I think we should be people who cry out and ask the Lord for help. Because the help we need in this nation is not going to come from any politician. The help we need in this nation is not going to come from the National Guard. The help we need in this nation is not going to come from any political party. The help we need in this nation is not going to come from our governor or any governor. The help we need in this nation is not going to come from this president or any president. The help we need in our nation is going to come from what God and God alone can give. And so today, I want to direct us to the Lord and direct our hearts and how we might express our sorrow. Here's the idea. Lord, help us. Psalm 13. It's only six verses. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. You see, lamentation to the Lord is not just crying out or venting emotion. Lamentation is crying out to the Lord. Now, I'm assuming that most of us in this room are sorrowful for the events that are going on in our nation's streets. I hope we're not angry. That's a different sermon. I hope that we're sorrowful. I'm not saying that anyone's getting what they deserve or not saying that this is, this is what everybody gets, but we ought to be a people who lament for the effects of the fall that are being expressed in our nation in this moment. And so the purpose of our lament this morning is to lay our call, lay our feelings, lay our sorrow out before the Lord. And we do this in three movements. First, a cry to the Lord. First, a cry to the Lord. Notice what, he's, what David does in Psalm 1. O Lord. He cries out, how long, O Lord. And this is something that every Christian who's ever lived cries out as they see the effects of the fall in their own life and in the life of their society. The point here is that David cries out to the Lord directly. This kind of prayer is not an internal musing, but a direct address to God, O oh Lord. The most important thing about the a lament is that we turn to God. We must turn to God first and most often, but especially in the times of trouble. 
We turn to the Lord and we cry to Him. We must be a people who lament to the Lord. When we see a hopeless and confusing situation like we see in our nation today, we can be tempted first to turn in great many directions. Maybe to the news, maybe to our spouse, maybe to law enforcement, maybe to some politician. But the important element for us to recognize today is that we should be a people to turn and call out on the Lord. Laments, laments turn toward God when sorrow tempts us to run from Him. We might also say, laments also turn toward God when anger, confusion, bewilderment, and the like tempt us from running from Him. I don't know where you come in and how you're feeling, but I do know that we are a people that ought to cry out, Oh, Lord, how long? How long? How long? Help our nation. Help our people. Oh, Lord, help our government leaders. Help our business owners. Help the protesters. Help the police. Lord, how long are we going to see this? So first, the first element in any lamentation is to cry out, Oh, Lord, help us. The second is to lay your complaint before the Lord. The first we cry out to God. The second is to lay our complaint before the Lord. Notice what David says in verse 1. Will you forget me forever? Now, theologically, we know as Christians that the Lord cannot forget any. He cannot forget his people. He promises, Jesus promises at the end of Matthew, that he will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. But yet here David is expressing how things feel. His sorrow billows up to such a point where he says to the Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? See, he's, he, he, he has sorrow that's just informing him over and over and over, and he feels abandoned by God. These might be some of the feelings you feel as you watch the news and think, how could God allow this? Where is God? Have you forgotten us? Are you hiding your face from us? How long will this go on? See, we must be a people who take the full weight of our sorrow and pain to the Lord. Not to Facebook, not to Twitter, not to Instagram, not to our husbands and wives, not to our kids, but to the Lord. We must be a people when we lament that lay out our complaint before the Lord in as graphic detail as we feel. See, we must not hold back. We must be a people who are honest as we cry out to the Lord to tell Him, here is how I'm feeling. We should cry out to the Lord with our sorrow and take it to Him, pouring our complaints with tears to Him, pouring out our frustrations to Him, pouring out our confusions to Him, pouring out our bewilderment to Him. See, one of the reasons I think we as a people, Americans, are not so good at lamenting is we're used to pouring out our complaints and our frustrations and our confusions and our bewilderments everywhere else except to God. Let me tell you this. He can handle our complaints. He welcomes them. He calls for us to give them to him. Part of praying ought to be us taking what we feel and what we see and putting them before him. 
You see, when you put your complaints before people, you're just venting. When you pour out your complaints to God, you're praying. We need to pray. The situation we find ourselves in a nation defies neat and clean little categories. We can't hear. Some people might be saying, all you need to do is blank. There's more to it than that. Sometimes in a lament, we just need to pray help. You see, we're seeing scenes in our nation that we're used to seeing in Beirut and Baghdad, Sarajevo and Beijing and Medellin. Not here, but here we have these scenes in our nation. We need to remind ourselves that as Americans, we are not special. We're not superior to the rest of the world, somehow made of other things. We are the same. It's good to remember that as wonderful as our Constitution is, there will not be a copy in heaven. It's good to remember that we Americans are not tasked with some kind of special, unique purpose from God in the Bible. We Americans are not tasked with that, but the church is. The church of every tribe and nation and people and language. Our lament as a people would be that the Lord would see us in this moment help us. Our lament that is that he would not forget his people in the midst of this nation. That he would not abandon us because of our hard hearts and our idolatry. Should we cry for justice? Yes. Should we hope and pray that peace reigns again in our streets? Yes. We ought to pray for justice for everyone involved. We ought to work for justice. Martin Luther King Jr. said, while it may be true that morality cannot be legislated, behavior can be regulated. It may be true that the law cannot change the heart, but it can restrain the heartless. It may be true that the law cannot make a man love me, but it can keep him from lynching me, and I think that's pretty important also. We ought to work for that kind of justice. But we need to recognize we don't understand the complex motives of everything that's going on. And we should not act like we do. You see, the situation we're faced with is both more complex and easier than it seems. It's more complex because there are racial tensions I can't presume to understand. Do they have a right to protest in our nation's streets? Yes. Is there a right to loot? No. It's more complex because I can't presume to understand as a police officer what it's like to to patrol the streets. Is it their responsibility to protect? Yes. Do they have a right to brutality? No. And we must be a people who lament and avoid broad generalizations. It's more complex, but it's also more simple. What we see is the power of sin on display. There's plenty of sin on the right and in the left. There's plenty of sin in the protests and then the police. Our nation, on the both right and the left, need the scourge of the power of sin to be removed by the great sin bearer. See, we need to be a people who lament and tell the Lord how we feel. 
how it seems. Russell Moore says we should grieve for the innocent and demand justice for the guilty and let us rage against the reptile that is behind it all. And that's the truth. Satan, our great adversary, seeks to steal, kill, and destroy, and he can come from either the right or the left, and usually it's both at the same time. We have a cry. Lord, help us. A complaint. Lord, look at all that's happening in our world. Look at all that's happening in our nation. But we also have a confidence. A confidence. And that confidence is in the Lord. Verse 5. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. I have trusted in your steadfast love. We need to remind ourselves that no matter the way things seem, we can trust unreservedly in our Lord. I have no idea what form justice will take in this situation, but I can tell you that, it, that someone, it's not going to be a true justice. True justice does not exist on this side of Jesus' return. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that we shouldn't work for justice. We should. We should care about justice. We should work for justice. We should demand justice. But realize God is the only one who can deliver perfect justice. <coughs> the best justice that humans can provide <coughs> are not going to bring George, George Floyd back. The Lord sees. He takes note. He Listen, think about it like this. Are you concerned about racism in our country? I am. But not as much as God. No one hates racism like the creator of mankind. He created all races, all people in his image. And when one image bearer discriminates against another, no one is more angry and more offended than God. When not someone is treated unjustly because of the color of their skin, no one is more irate than God. Even now, God is storing up wrath for racists. For those racists who do not humble themselves and turn to Jesus, they face the unending wrath from God for their racism. Are you concerned about the looting? Yes, I am too, but not as much as God. No one hates that sort of violence and theft like God. Do you think... That those who are using the protests as an excuse to loot are getting away with anything? Think again. God notes, he sees, and his anger is boiling. Even now, he stores up wrath for thieves. Those thieves who do not humble themselves and turn to Jesus, they will face the unending wrath of God for their thievery. Are you concerned about the law enforcement that abuses power? Sure, but not as much as God. God hates those who abuse their power and trample on others. No one in any position of authority who abuses their power will get away with it because God is a God <clears throat> who, who does not shrink back from delivering justice to those who abuse their power. A God without wrath for injustice, racism, and oppression is not a God worth worshiping. But our God is worth worshiping. You see, our God will make all things right one day. No one is going to get away with anything. 
You see, we need to remember what our nation needs. Our nation needs the same thing as our neighbors. There's a deep-seated hostility that can't be erased by any human institution. Our nation needs something more than political rhetoric or peaceful demonstrations or political rallies or community conversations or government solutions or institutional promises. Our, nations, our nation and neighbors need the healing power of Jesus Christ. Our neighbors need to hear of the one who suffered at the hand of sinful men when he did nothing wrong. Our nation and neighbors need to hear of the one who suffered for those who loot, those who abuse their power, those who oppress, and those who are oppressed. Our nation and neighbors need to hear about Jesus. Brian Davis, a pastor, helps and says, Jesus knows about suffering. He suffered for sinners. Jesus knows about justice. He suffered unjustly. Jesus knows about being wrongfully treated. He was innocent. Jesus knows about our weaknesses, yet he sympathizes with us. Jesus knows how to show mercy to criminals. Jesus knows what it's like not to have government officials protect him. Jesus knows, what the, knows the, power of, the, the power of the penalty of sin. He suffered it for us. Jesus knows what it's like living in a wicked world. Jesus knows what it's like to die at the hands of a mob. And he knows what it's like to defeat the power of death. And he knows that one day he will wipe away our tears and he will take us to a place where there is no death, no mourning, no crying, no pain. You see, in our world today, what we need to do is, as Christians, is lament and cry for help. Lord, help us. Help us. Help our nation. Help our people. Help our streets. Help our government. And one of the things that we're called to do in this world is to be a light, to show the light of the love of Jesus Christ. And may we do just that. May we lament and say, Lord, come and pour out our complaints, but yet come to the spot where we can trust him and say, even though I don't understand all that's happening, I know that you are good and you are in control. And I pray that you would use all of these events to bring about your glory and for your purpose and re the renown of your name. We're going to close, and I'm going to close and just pray those categories out on our behalf. And I'd encourage us all as Christians to pray these categories this week, asking the Lord for help, <clears throat> laying out our complaints, and then expressing trust in Him. See, <clears throat> it's much more important for us to lament than it is for us to tell people how to think politically. Now, let's point people to the Lord. So that's what I'm going to try to do as we pray. Would you join me? Lord, our hearts are filled with sorrow and heavy and weighed down in ways that we can't really express. Lord, I can confess I don't know the sorrow of 
George Floyd's family and other people that have been treated poorly. I don't know what it's like to be a police officer attempting to be faithful to follow you and yet have something of a target on their back. I don't know what it's like to to, to have to face these kinds of things, but we look to you. Oh, Lord, we cry to you. Lord, we come to you not informing you of anything, but we ask for help. Lord, help us. Help our nation. Help us to be a people who point the hurting to you. Because when we look in our world and see what's happening, what we can know for sure and for certain is that there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain going on right now in our nation. And Lord, we're grateful that we do not have a king who, can, who, who is unable to sympathize with us. He can sympathize, you can sympathize us with us in your weakness and in our pain and sorrow. And so Lord, we come to you as in some places businesses have been destroyed and violence has injured and killed people where some are awaking this morning wondering what's going to happen tonight and living in fear. Others are wondering if they'll be safe. Lord, we bring all of these things to you. We pray that you would fix this in our nation. We cry out to you and say, Lord, see us in our plight and help us. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to have collectively as a people voices that cry to you. But Lord, we as Center Church, we as Christians, we trust you. We look to you. So Lord, may we not be a people that looks to the government or to political solutions, but may we look to you. Lord, may our hearts break, but may we point people to you. Lord, we pray that you would awaken our country to the reality that there is more to this life, more to this existence than anything they can perceive with their eyes, but I pray that they would see that there is a Savior who has lived and died and rose again who one day will come back. I pray that that Savior would begin to break into the hearts and minds of people in our nation. I pray that you would awaken us to the reality that eternity stands just a breath away. 2020 has not turned out what we thought, like we thought it would be, but Lord, we pray that you would turn the story. I pray that these events in our nation would turn people to you. Even if it's just to cry out to you without knowing who you are, Even if it's just to say, help. And Lord, I pray you would. And I pray that we would lament and be sorrowful and not angry. Jesus, thank you that we can lay all of what we have before the Father because of you. You have given us access. We cry out to God and he doesn't Turn away. He hears us and moves to respond.
And we just pray that you would respond in these days. Protect churches. Protect Christians. Protect those in our, in our world, in our community, who are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would awaken our nation to the truth that Jesus is alive. Revive us, O Lord. Jesus, it's in your exalted name that we pray. Amen.